I'm gonna ask you what is Postmates to see how good your marketing skills are. So Postmates is an on-demand delivery service. The city is our warehouse. Anything you wanna order, anytime, you can Postmate it and it'll be delivered to you within like 30 minutes. So we transitioned from a node server into a Go server. So we call this uh, our third iteration. Just being able to separate your front end from your back end is pretty liberating. I mean, you just kind of get handed what you need and you get to build it out. So I think, although it's like painful at first, you kind of like rip off the band-aid and then you're good to go. It's funny you said you separate the front and the back end like you're literally doing the Jamstack. Hey, this is Brian and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. So welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. In the house, we've got Trey Huffine from Postmates. Trey, say hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm Trey Huffine, a software engineer at Postmates, doing a lot of front end, uh, React kind of stuff, but then also getting into some uh, server side things like Go and uh, yeah, building out some exciting things there. Cool. And uh, yeah, you're flying solo. I know um, we wanted to have another team member here, but I'm going to ask you what is Postmates to see how good your marketing skills are. Yeah, so Postmates is an on-demand delivery service. Uh, so what we like to think of ourselves as is a um, where the warehouse is, or the city is our warehouse. So uh, anything you want to order anytime, you can uh, Postmate it, and it'll be delivered to you within like thirty minutes. So yeah, yeah, cool. So like, so my introduction to like SF was also Postmates. So I worked at a company that we use my our office manager used Postmates like really heavily, and so your logo is like. Sorry, we're going to talk a little bit more about Postmates. Your logo is a bike messenger, too. So mm -hmm. did like Postmates start as just bike deliveries? Uh, yeah, so I think our founder started out kind of delivering however you could. So bikes, walking, whatever. Uh, really like kind of like bootstrapping the startup mentality. So the idea is like with the Postmate, you can Postmate anything. So it's kind yeah. of wherever you want, whenever you want to get it, it's there. Yeah, yeah. Then that's, what, that's why our office manager, because if anybody's familiar with SF, it's like it's almost impossible to get across Market Street in a car if you ever want to go anywhere. So like if I ever had to go, like I actually just lifted, I was going to try to lift from here because I'm actually at a conference at uh down the, near the mall area, near Powell Street. So much inside baseball right now about SF. So like if I wanted to cross, it's like better for me just to walk and like take the 20 minutes to walk anywhere in SF as opposed to like take a lift or I guess riding a bike is probably much better. Which yeah, I, biking is good. Yeah, so I yeah. just started uh, doing a little biking as well. They have these like new Ford Go bikes around, which are pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, taking those like way faster than a Lyft or an Uber. So yeah, it's pretty nice to be able to just like get out and go instead of like yeah. sitting there staring at your phone. Cool. <laughs> awesome. So hopefully you guys will, if you Postmates in area, check it out. But uh, so I want to talk more about what you guys are doing with Postmates technology wise. So mm -hmm. I first met you at a React meetup here in, in SF at Postmates. Mm -hmm. And you had gave the spill about how you guys started using Postmates. I'm not sure exactly, I've seen a couple of your talks, so I'm not sure which one of the talks was, but it's basically like you guys choosing to move forward to React and do certain things. Mm -hmm. It might've been like a performance talk or something like that. Right, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I can give you kind of like a history of our tech stack. Uh, so Postmates used to be a Python monolith. So we had the Django templates, uh, very like structured and rigid and just not fun to work in as a front end engineer. So probably a year, year and a half ago, the front end was rewritten to a node server where we were doing server-side rendering. We were doing state management using like a model system, kind of similar to Angular. Were you around for that transition? I wasn't. So I joined uh, about a year ago. So it, it was still not in production, but it like all the ideas had kind of been formulated. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting because like I had Zach Argyle from Pinterest a while ago come mm-hmm. in and they were doing the same thing. They just had their own like templating thing called Denzel okay. and they switched to React. So instead of getting rid of the Python, they ended up not going Node, but going uh, React on the front end, which is interesting. But you guys just went full hog, straight Node server. Oh yeah, we were like microservice, like cut it off completely and just like move entirely. So that's been like a ton of fun, learned a lot, but then also like some great experiences to learn from mistakes we made as well. Okay, so no no Python code in the future? Uh, so our API is still in Python, but if you're a front-end engineer, uh, no need to touch Python. Okay, very cool. Just take that JSON, I assume? Exactly, yeah. Make your API call, get your JSON, then like render out your uh, views. Cool, and I, I heard you guys are also doing a little bit of Go as well? Uh, right, so we transitioned from a Node server into a Go server, so we're uh, rewriting our application right now. You guys just don't like, don't want to stay put, huh? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So we call this uh, our third iteration, but apparently there are a few more that uh, kind of came and went along the way as well. But yeah, we, uh, we're pretty confident in this one. Uh, so far, everything looks great, performant, visually is uh, fun. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty great. That's crazy because, uh, so Netlify, uh, the company I work for, we have a Rails server. Mm-hmm which is like Mongo and a bit of Go as well. And uh, when I first came on, like there was talks about maybe getting rid of the Rails side of it. Uh, but I think it's it does enough of what we needed to do. But I think everybody's really itching to try Go out and like build rebuild a server. But I don't know anytime soon if that's going to happen. But you guys are very bold and brave. We definitely kind of took it on and it's uh, been, a, been a lot of fun to work with. And just being able to separate your front end from your back end is pretty liberating to do because then you no longer have to like worry about like where the day is coming from, how it's doing. You just kind of get handed what you need and you get to build it out. So I think, although it's like painful at first, you kind of like rip off the bandaid and then you're good to go. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And it's, it's funny you said you separate the front and the back end, like you're literally doing the jam stack, which is like what this podcast is all about and why we're actually doing this and talking about it. Because like there's a lot of like vulnerability and having everything like all in like one little server, one repo, having like isomorphic JavaScript, whatever you want to call it, or a Python server and rendering your templates and all that. Because then when you have want to do the transition, it makes it a little harder to like, if you want to change your server on the back end, you are really tied into whatever your solution is. So it sounds like if you guys are separating stuff pretty well, then you can you can take these chances. Yeah, exactly. Because now that it's separated, you know, we're rewrite, rewriting our front end entirely, but then we still have our Python Django API on the back end that's still doing the same thing. So we can iterate, we can move quickly, and we can kind of figure out what works best. It also allows us, you know, when we're deploying, we like don't have to be in that main line. We kind of get to do things separately and really kind of move quickly and figure out what works best for us. So having now a Go server, but then also React on the front end, what I really want to talk about is the fact that you guys, when you talk, did your talk about your performance on React, you'd mentioned that you guys are not doing server-side rendering. And it was like a question that came after your talk. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was actually in the middle of your talk. And I think it was almost like a, a collective like silence in the room of like, how could this guy be talking about performance on React and be a, a forward-facing company where you, I think SEO is probably a big deal for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So talk about that, like why no server-side rendering and how are you handling it today? Right, so our node stack, uh, when we first separated, it was being server-side rendered. And I guess the biggest issue is that it just involved a lot of complexity to maintain. You had to like diligently check every package. Yeah. And then to render the uh, code on the server and then match on the client uh, became pretty tedious because there's a checksum in React that has to match, or well, up until React 16 at least. 
And if that checksum doesn't match, it wipes your entire DOM and rebuilds it. So yeah. a lot of just extra things to worry about that we found were more of uh, impediments than benefits yeah. uh, for server-side rendering. So I did my intro to React was a server-side rendered app uh, for a previous company and same problems. Like there was a lot of domain-specific knowledge. So if someone wanted to come and do React code, that was easy to pick up. Mm -hmm. Like the Redux thing also took like a little bit of time if you're using Redux. But then when you get to the server-side stuff, actually getting the data back and the rendering DOM to string, that was always the part where a lot of people just kind of was like, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure if this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And this was like me. My intro was like two and a half, three years ago. So it was harder to sell people then because you don't have all these blog posts and that you're just finding on a regular basis that Trey is writing on Medium. Mm -hmm. So did you guys also have a problem like also like onboarding new people on the project as well? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely an issue trying to just understand like what's going on. Like like you said, with React uh, on the client side, it's easy. You load your JavaScript, you build out your UIs and it's like pretty, uh, pretty small API to understand there and get things going. But then when you have the server side rendering aspect, you have to worry about do you have all your data? How are you going to get this data on the back end, parse it out into your UI, then build it out? So it's that's quite a bit of complexity. But even simple things become difficult. Like we have a React button that will let you do OAuth for Facebook. And in one commit, they introduced the window object to this package. So yeah. it you know, blew up our entire server-side rendering. It took us like a day to figure out like what's going on, why is this happening? So it's even like small changes from the outside that seem innocent can like come in and just totally wreak havoc on your code. Man, that is that is crazy. Like I don't think I I ended up leaving the app that I worked on to come work for Netlify. So I kind of abandoned that to go work on the Jamstack. So I haven't had like any of those horror stories in my experience, but I know they're all out there. And I think so. I actually wrote a blog post recently uh, on the Netlify blog about comparing the Jamstack to isomorphic rendering and the fact that like our server side rendering really isomorphic server side rendering. I, I use a really long word because I wanted to really. <laughs> like painted as an ugly, uh, ugly way to approach it. But I compared like from apples to apples. I took uh, Adi Osmani's like HNPWA, which is like taking Hacker News and making progressive web apps. And I used some of his like his clones that he created. And I also created, I took like um, one of the Next.js clones to do Hacker News. And I just benchmarked like my version versus theirs. And when you look at the metrics and performance, mine was pretty much on par of everybody else. So the question like that I had in my blog post was like, is this even worth it? And I, I think I wrote it around the time we first had met. So you like when I heard that and I heard the collective silence in the room of everybody's like, no way, they can't be not doing service head rendering. I was like, oh, I need to have Trey on the podcast to talk about this. So let's talk about uh, well, I want to talk about performance, but I actually want to talk about SEO. So like, are you guys not caring about SEO at this point? Uh, so we actually have, uh, we've, you know, invested quite a bit into understanding it and learning it. And we have, you know, a very experienced SEO person who's come in to, uh, manage that as well as David Baitow, who wasn't able to make it today. Former Googler knows all about it. And the consensus was that it's not going to have any impact on SEO. Yeah. Google can run JavaScript. It's going to pull your pages and it's going to get all the content that it needs. So in terms of SEO, we have kind of an escape hatch where if we need to add server-side rendering in, if we notice an impact, then we will. But as of now, it's uh, there, we've noticed no real issues yet with uh, loading the JavaScript on the client side and building out the UI. Yeah, and what's funny is that like we're, we continue to talk as a JavaScript community about server-side rendering and how important it is and like we need to do this. But Google's like announcement was like, it was like 2014 when that came out. And they're like, hey, we can read JavaScript. I know this podcast could be listened to like years from now. So the year today is 2017. So like we're going three years since that original announcement of people continually to do server-side rendering and complain that 
Google can't like parse through this data, which is interesting. So the only gripe I, I've heard people say about this is that I think sometimes with the Google bots, they do fail every now and then. So if you have some weird JavaScript that's happening and it takes too long to parse, then it will fail. But I think going back to like the progressive web app hacker news clones, like as long as you're worried about like time to first byte, then I think you're, you're pretty much good. Mm -hmm. Like make sure you optimize uh, for performance. So then the question is now, are you guys concerned about performance now? Um, that you're you're separating, you're going to like your JSON, getting your data from like HTTP. Is there like a team that worries about that? Uh, so, I mean, definitely performance is always an issue. Um, you want to have, you know, the fastest, the snappiest app that you can. But um, as long as you're kind of forward thinking with it and like make decisions with that in mind, you can really avoid a lot of those performance implications. So code splitting is a, a help using tools that have been shown to uh, really improve UI performance. Redux is uh, great for us. That's one we've added to our stack. Um, using reselect with that, there's a lot of things you can do to make sure your app stays performant and uh, just preventing renders on the React, preventing DOM updates that are unnecessary. So, you know, if you have people who are forward thinking and conscious about that, it's uh, really no issue to like make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. Like if you're just focusing on rendering your app as quickly as possible and not doing silly things like watching for silly things and not worrying about like teaching the next person service head rendering and teaching how this works and why we have two routers and et cetera, et cetera. So I think the the pain f collectively I'm seeing is that this is a, a solved problem. And another thing I found out in my blog post is that um, the only clone that compared against mine that was better was because they were doing collective things on the cache when they were fetching from their JSON API. So it was server-side rendered, but they actually were using a local cache. Um, so like with like service workers and Sounds stuff like that. Sounds like cheating that. to me. Yeah, and <laughs> I mentioned that in my blog post. It's not cheating, it's clever. Yeah, it and, is, it is. And if you're not server-side rendering, it still doesn't matter because you're using a local cache to do that on the browser instead. So it's really, a, it's a great practice and I wouldn't have figured it out unless I looked into this, this, did this little blog post and this little kind of retrospective and looking at like, is this really worth it? And at the end of the day, it's like server-side rendering is not really that worth it. I think some people like, I know Zite has like Next.js. So the problem's solved through and through. So if you need server-side rendering and you just can't convince anybody to do it and you're gonna start a new project, like this reach for Next. And, but then the other issue is like, you're still tied into that framework. So then you have the same problem where you started where, or where Postmates started, which it was a Python monolith. So then now, instead of, instead of Python, now it's JavaScript monolith. Exactly, yeah. So then we're just restarting the entire new strike cycle when we could just solve, like, we can do clever things with caching, like what I just, just talked about, instead of like worrying about getting stuck. Yeah, totally. I, I would definitely agree with that. I would think caching is one of the big ones. So if you have like Redux or some like standard React thing, it's like, just throw something in your local storage and a middleware, it's very easy to populate and pull that out. I would definitely suggest that. But uh, with server-side rendering, I think it's one thing like people have been convinced that it's something they have to do. And like, honestly, I was one of those people. I was convinced for a long time until I had to do it and I found the troubles with it. And then now that we've switched back to using just client-side rendering, uh, we haven't really noticed any performance decreases, but the developer experience is much higher. Uh, it's much better. So it, I, I would definitely suggest only go to server-side rendering if you have a very valid reason to do it, because if you are uh, doing isomorphic React, it's going to slow down your development speed. You have more to worry about. You're not really going to be able to move as quickly as you would if you just uh, stayed on the client with that. Cool. And then are you guys um, researching into anything like progressive web apps, like making Postmates a progressive web app? I know we're like days away from the, the end of the Chrome Summit, and that's like that's where they talk about progressive web apps. So 
Have you guys looked at it at all? So as we're rewriting this new one, it's not something that's going to be in our V1 release. Yeah. Uh, we just want you know the product out there first. We re we're entirely rewriting the UI, uh, entirely rewriting the uh, front-end server. So that's the product at this point is our um, focus, which is why we kind of got rid of things we didn't see, see necessary, like the server-side rendering. But uh, definitely as we you know fill out this first version, get it released, then uh, looking into things like progressive web apps, making sure it uh, loads like very uh, quickly, regardless of your connection, things like that is uh, always going to be something we keep in mind. Very cool. Awesome. So I, I want to transition before we go to picks, I actually want to transition to a bit of what I've, I've actually, so I mentioned before we actually started recording, I keep seeing your meeting and post <laughs> show up in my feed. Um, so do you want to talk about, you, you mentioned a little bit. So do you have React experience beforehand? And that's why you're just sharing knowledge to people? Yeah, so I guess it's kind of two reasons. I, you know, React is something I've been very excited about for a few years now. Um, uh, my company before Postmates, we actually weren't using React, so all of that was kind of like on the side, still continuing to learn. And then when I transitioned to Postmates, I saw it as an opportunity to really like take it to the next level and figure out, uh, learn as much as I could. And I guess the reason I'm writing articles is one, to share the knowledge, but two, it uh, helps me learn as well. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to put this out there publicly, then I better know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So uh, go through it, learn as much as I can, and then help other people uh, learn the same things. Yeah. And then you've also done some local speaking too as well. You got any conferences you got booked in the future? Uh, no conferences yet. That's, I guess, the next step after a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Your, your brand is real strong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely just trying to uh, speak at some local meetups, get to know people. And I'd say that's one thing that I'm pretty passionate about in general is just trying to help build a community around software engineering and developers because you know, we have things uh, like, you know, Hacker News, Reddit, like a lot of ways to share knowledge, but there's not as much individuality. And we're lucky here in the Bay Area that we have like meetups to go meet people. But just being able to find people to connect with and feel like you belong in this uh, greater community, I think is something that we should really strive for. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. So after you've gone through, you've been at Postmates for a while, you guys are now on the React train or they were on the React train before you got there, but now they're really on the train. What's next? Do you guys think that you're pretty solidified with React? Are you peeking at things like Vue or Preact? I think we're, we're pretty sold on React, um, okay. especially with the license change. It's yeah. very nice to have that and not have that in the back of your mind. But yeah, I think React, it solves all of our problems. Um, everyone enjoys working in it. One thing I would like to do is get a little React native in our mobile apps. Okay. <laughs> we'll see if I can convince them, but yeah. not, not super confident yet. <laughs> yeah, you should talk to some of these, these companies that are kind of transitioning and doing these hybrid approaches. I know Netflix was doing it for a bit and uh, some other companies of the React Native conferences, but yeah, I think it's a I way heard. to drop it, drop it in piecemeal. Definitely. I think Airbnb said like at this point they have like 90% of their app. Oh, really? Every, yeah, it's, it's, they, they've kind of gone full on board. I know obviously Facebook is investing in it heavily. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's something we could see kind of shape the mobile application landscape, which is pretty exciting. Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and transition us to picks. So these are things that we're jamming on, things that keep you going throughout the day. These can be music, uh, can be code related. Mine tend to not be ever code related, but I do have one today. But did you have your picks all ready to go? Uh, yeah, sure. So I guess I'll go with two picks. Am I allowed to do two picks? Yeah, you can do as many as you want. All right. We're, so I'll go all with day. <laughs> cool. So I'll start with uh, Ford Go Bikes. Uh, those things are pretty sweet. I haven't biked probably since I was like 12. Uh, when I first moved to the Bay Area, I bought a bike, didn't know how to lock it properly and got it stolen within the first <laughs> week. So these uh, these bikes have been awesome. I've been using it for like two weeks now. So definitely jamming on some go bikes. Uh, the other one is uh, kind of my passion project. It's something I've been getting into quite a bit lately. Uh, getconnected.com, G-I-T connected. 
Um, and it's just kind of like I was talking about, finding a way to build more community, meet other developers, meet people with common interests, share knowledge, and just enjoy uh, this world we live in. Cool. How does Get Connected work? You just log in with GitHub, and then you get to meet, connect with other Git developers? <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's all done through GitHub, so it can kind of pull your projects, pull your data, and kind of give a background of who you are pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. And then we have like a posting feature so you can post articles you found, start discussions on things you're interested about, really just give more individual individuality to yourself as a developer. And we also have a Slack channel to meet other people, have real time conversations. So just a way to just connect and uh, meet others who are uh, have the same yeah. interests as you. Sounds like the LinkedIn for GitHub. Which is yeah. <laughs> GitHub, are you listening? Maybe we need to acquire this project. Are yeah. you using the GraphQL API at all? Yeah, so I've been using GitHub's GraphQL uh, API. Uh, actually, my first exposure to GraphQL in like a real project setting, it's been a ton of fun. It's definitely uh, changes the way you think about uh, retrieving data from a server. So it's it's been pretty cool. I'll just transfer some picks. I, I've mentioned this project before, but it's open sourced. And that was my introduction to GitHub's GraphQL API. So. Uh, maybe there might be some collaborations or connections. I can maybe embed that into my my project. But my project is actually an open source project to manage open source projects, and it's named Open Source. Yeah, I, I did a talk actually. So I did a talk at GitHub Universe on this entire thing. It's whole thirty minutes of uh, nonstop humor because it's it's all jokes. I guess I'm gonna have to get into it. So basically, Gucci Mane he made the joke about he uh, he you can't be lost in the sauce, and uh, because of that, I, I made a project that was called Open Source because you can't get lost in the sauce because you. You're not born with sauce. You got to get the sauce. Anyway, look up the Gucci Man YouTube video where he explains the sauce. It's hilarious. Uh, that's, I guess, pick two. Look at that. I'm, I'm just rolling through these. Another pick I have is Apollo Launchpad. Uh, I might have mentioned it before, and I know we had the Apollo team here, but it's a great place to, it's like the code pin for GraphQL. So you can actually test out, like building out GraphQL schemas without investing into like the entire spec. So you don't need to touch the API. You could actually take a REST endpoint and add it to there. Or you can just pass in like just generic data right there within the variables there. So again, like code pin for GraphQL is what Apollo Launchpad is. Pretty awesome. And uh, my final pick is gonna be, so I've watched The Walking Dead since like day one and I'm up to speed on the, the original proper Walking Dead show, but I was never watching the sister show, which is called Fear the Walking Dead. And I just caught up to like whatever the last episode that was just aired. And uh, I kind of caught up within the last year, kind of this piecemealing every now and then. At first, I was kind of not really into the show. That's why it took me so long to actually finish, what, two seasons now? I think it's three seasons. But it actually got a lot better. And I think at this point, it might be better than the main show. So if you want to skip ahead to skip the first season, maybe skip the first few episodes of the second season, and then it gets really good. So check it out. If you're into The Walking Dead, if not, uh, forget I even said that. But Trey, thanks for coming into the studio and talking about Postmates and server-side rendering. Yeah, huge thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun. Awesome. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 